Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field. This was a big week on most fronts. Farmers got a lot planted. We had a big week putting in plots. Doing a little survey here on Friday of the progress within the area. In the Arthur area, Aaron believes that uh, they're about 40% planted on beans and about 20% planted on corn. Based on local calls with CropTech customers here in DeWitt and McLean County, I would say that bean planting is about 50% with corn planting about 20%. The guys who were planning on planting early soybeans, I would say that's 90 plus percent of them are in. Guys got that done. Talk to Phil Peak down there in the Winchester area. He believes their area is close to 80% done with corn and beans are not too far behind. Corn planted down there in the warm spell that first week in April. He said has been up for about three days. The beans planted that week are emerging now. Matt over in the western part of the state at Ursa said field applications and prep work is done. The guys are hitting both corn and beans pretty hard this past week. Harder on the corn than the beans. A field that he's been watching of corn planted April 2nd, he said was not up yet. Over in Tazewell, Woodford County, Mark Bear said bean planting is pretty well wrapped up uh, and they're just getting a good start on the corn planting. Beans planted, he said, on April 3rd are breaking through already. Move up to last year's preventive plant area. Bub up there at Grand Ridge thinks they're about 75% planted on corn and very little soybeans planted, about 10%. Talk to Jeff over at Ritchie Grain in Wilmington. Some of the hardest hit area from last year's preventive plant. He said he thinks they're about 50% done on corn, about 10% done on beans. Kind of give you a, a look at what the state looks like. Almost everyone is reporting excellent planting conditions, just except for the cold soils. No-till and strip-till that we've been in this past week are planting like a dream. Corn planted after the early warm-up and before Tuesday's warm-up will be susceptible to the potential of seed chilling issues. Scouts should watch these fields as they emerge to be sure you're going to get enough ear count based on what you were planning on for your yield goals. Now I've never seen a field that needed to be replanted because of seed chilling by itself. But when you add that to disease issues, insect issues, and soil crusting, it can kick a field over the top. We got plenty of time to fix these fields if we need to, so let's stay on top of that. Once we get through the cold snap this week, this weekend, I see some upper 60s and lower 70s next week, which will give us another good window to throw some more crop in uh, and maybe work at getting to the finish line. So far this spring has been a cakewalk compared to last year. Boy, I hope it continues to play out that way. The pheromone traps continue to catch cutworm as we'd expect, cutworm wasps, but we're still seeing, for some reason, strong numbers of armyworm. I think this is going to warrant some action in the future, so scouts be alert on that. Most fields I've been in don't have any soil crusting issues due to the light amounts of rain we've been receiving. In some areas or places where you maybe had local events that were higher, it could be different. So if you're if you're fighting a crust or you have a crust that's starting to show up, pay attention to this emergent process. 
Be ready to break it out. I mean, be ready to help it or hold it up. And remember, we always say hold before you know. It's much better to, to, to hold early than to try to break through a thick crust to save a crop. I've had some questions this week on uh, nitrogen inhibitors for the spring weed and feed, that pre-emerge program where you're not doing any incorporation. You know, and of course there, our biggest concern is losing the urea portion of the weed and feed application. If you're not incorporating it, it can gas off on us. You would need to use a urease inhibitor to stop this. Now, if you're breaking up your applications between the planter and weed and feed and side dress, you may not need any other type of inhibitor. You're doing that through efficiencies. But if you're applying all of your N up front, not incorporating it, you may want to throw in a nitrification inhibitor as well, especially on sandy soils. Today, there are many different names of inhibitor products. And you can't tell by the name always whether it's a urease inhibitor, a nitrification inhibitor, or a mixture of the two. You can usually tell by price, the straight urease inhibitors being the cheapest. So be sure to clarify that with your retailer what you're buying. I had a couple growers this week that thought they were buying urease inhibitors, but it was actually a more expensive nitrification inhibitor, meaning they would have paid for protection they didn't want, and they wouldn't get the protection they thought they were paying for. If the label doesn't clearly tell you how and what they're using for an inhibitor, be careful. If in doubt, shoot us a label and we'll try to track it down from here. Hope everyone has a good week. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.